Coming to you live from the second bedroom of Shane's apartment. This is the Shane and Scuba Steve podcast. Or podcast. Bonjourno. It's Buonasera because it's the evening, but how are you? Uh, you know, I'm a Multibane. All right, that's good. We want you around the world tonight, yeah. like we did last time. But oh, Absolutely. Welcome back. Welcome. Hello. How Wipe your you? feet. Please take, please take your shoes off, but don't feel forced to take them off. It's all good. Just the social construct of no one wearing shoes should force you enough to take your shoes off. Hey, no, hey it's, it's house rules. Just house rules. I wish I made the rules. I don't. It's just that's the rules. No shoes, please. Seriously, take your shoes off. Yeah. No. It's no. Please, just right. If you wouldn't mind, before we get started, I wouldn't mind. Yeah. Why well, do you want to get comfortable? Because we're uh, we're going to review Artemis Fowl this evening. Yes. Later on the episode, which mm-hmm. is a contentious, contentious film. That is yes. That is one way to describe it. There's many ways to describe this film. Well, and we'll get to all of them, mm-hmm. mainly because there's a lot of feelings yes. for both of us. Mm-hmm. But uh, what are you drinking tonight? I am having a Shipyard Export Ale. Oh, how is it? I really enjoy it. Um, it's an ale, but it drinks a lot more like a lager. Um, I got this maybe a couple years back at my work. Uh, we got like a, this uh, distributor just like, here, you can take a case fantastic loved it i like was pushing it and when i was like hey, hey you guys want one i'll have one with you let me just uh, take care of that yeah. excellent yeah and yourself i'm just having a uh, a sparkling water this evening some lime wet- watermelon Ooh, lime yes. watermelon Ooh, you fancy it's quite light it's very refreshing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's what that's what you need in these trying times it really is when it's mm-hmm. when you're just looking outside at people not wearing masks and going to restaurants yeah what you need have you gone to a restaurant yet i have not i was gonna ask you the same question i went maybe two weeks ago with some co-workers um it was just it was just nice to hold a menu even though the menu it was like just a piece of paper they've just like they're probably just printing them out for each customer throwing them away yep but, but i was like oh this is oh just reading a menu like oh look at all these things they have and then the waitress came she came up maybe three different times and was like are you guys ready to order and we we're like we haven't even looked and we and she was like it's all good you're my only table and we're like no we all we all work in restaurants we all feel bad that we're like can we have another minute please oh we have any we've just been chatting but it was it was nice just to sit at a restaurant and be like hey can i get another drink and they're like yeah absolutely and go oh i don't have to make it oh amazing it's, it's a great thing isn't it yeah but no, I haven't, I haven't gone back to a restaurant. I'm thinking, uh, so you're in Rhode Island, so you yes. have different phases than we do. But considering phase three mm-hmm. is when I'll go back to restaurants. It should be like a week or two away at this point. That's what they say. For Who us. Knows? We'll see. We'll find out. You know, yeah. things change across the country. People are not giving a shit. That's mm-hmm. changing the rules. Yeah. Anyway, so we do have a trailer of the week this week. You know, it's a movie review episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The trailer of the week was Palm Springs. Yes. Which this is an looks... Andy Samberg film. I'm very excited for this. I, if I'm not mistaken, this is the movie that he, him and uh, Lonely Island presented 
at uh, Sundance. That was like the hottest, sold, fastest, like for the most movie. This this looks a lot of fun. This movie, Palm Springs. I'm excited. Yes. Would you like to give a little synopsis for people that haven't seen the trailer? What's it about? Of course. So it stars Andy Samberg and Kristen Milioti. If I pronounced that wrong, I'm sorry. You are correct. No, I look. I looked up a video on how to pronounce it. Oh, even better. Okay, good. So it stars the two of them. They're both at a wedding in Palm Springs, which is you know a beautiful place in California. Mm-hmm. They are stuck in a time loop, a a, a Groundhog Day, as it were. Mm-hmm. And so basically, the trailer alone just shows them going, realizing that they're stuck in a time ho- uh, in a Groundhog Day situation, and kind of trying to figure out what to do with themselves, and trying to figure out like where to go from there which i think is awesome i know jk simmons comes in it looks like he's also stuck in the loop but by himself yeah so he's he's plays a role in it i'm excited for this movie 100 percent. definitely looks like a lot of fun it's a concept we've seen plenty of times but the yeah. two of them just their chemistry alone is what seems what's gonna sell this but it looks the i really enjoy the trailer i'm usually like Groundhog Day type stuff, it's tough to sell over and over again. To me, the only really successful ones are Groundhog's Day and like Edge of Tomorrow. Yep. Because at least those are two very different styles and telling different narratives. But this is something that I think like, okay, they it's aware that it's Groundhog Daying, unlike Groundhog Day. So hopefully they can use that and they can try and play with the arcs of the characters in, in a way. It, it just looks a lot of fun. Any like Lonely Island movie that's come out, like Popstar Never Stop Stopping, even mm-hmm. their HBO, they've done like a couple things with HBO. Yep. Uh, has, was it the, the seven tennis? Days. It's like yeah. Seven Days in Hell or something. Yeah. Yeah. The tennis one. Like they're all great. They're great yeah. to watch. They're great little like romps. I'm excited for this one too. It's, it looks like, yeah, it's like a rom com Groundhog Day, Edge of Tomorrow without Tom Cruise messing up the whole situation. Hey, what's wrong with Tom Cruise? I love Tom Cruise. I don't know. You ever just watch that man run and go, why? He has great form. He has great form. Yeah, I'm sure my track coach said that when I was in middle school, too. But look where I am now. Not, he did not say it in the same capacity that he would say about Tom Cruise's form. You're not I'm wrong. Scuba, I, you're a good friend. I care about you, but I will. You did not your your form compared to Mr. Cruz, no, uh, Mr. Cruz, Mr. I. That's how serious his form is, and how serious I take it. I, I need you to know where you stand. Got it. I I see now that I'm second to the Cruz when it comes to running form. Uh, that is true. You are second because Tom Cruise, Stephen Caruso. Good to know. Good to yeah. know. I'll, I'll let Usain Bolt know. We're dear friends. I'll let him know as well. He's got to catch up. He doesn't. He's got the speed, sure, but form, ugh. It's really just about that cheek-to-cheek hand motion. You know, you just got to keep it going. Yeah. But I'm excited. This July 10th no. uh, on Hulu, and I guess something else called Neon, which I've never heard of. Is that, like, Quibi, or that's on its phone? Oh, this is only um, on tablets. Neon so is only for tablets. No, Neon is just a film distributor, apparently. Oh, oh, So it's also, it's also, it was founded by, sorry, I'm reading this right now. Uh, it was founded by one of the co-founders of Alamo Drafthouse, the cinema uh, chain, which we've talked about for their yes. Alamo Drafthouse on demand. And they were also the ones who brought like I, Tanya, Ingrid Goes West, and Parasite. Uh, so, ooh. Some decent films, I think. Yeah, some good pedigree right there, especially in, yeah. in the recent film times. So, Wow, now we can say, now anytime I t- talk or think about Parasite, I'll go, and Andy Samberg is somehow related. 
Loosely related, Andy Samberg. At the fam- at, like in the 20-year anniversary party for Parasite, Andy Samberg was like, I'm here. I'm part of the Neon family. They, they invited me. Happens to everyone. Oh, man. That'll be a great party. Yeah? Should, should we get cute. tickets ahead of time? We, we should try and plan it. Oh, that's a good idea. We should just write, like, do the party and then pitch it to them before. Yep. Exactly. Around, like, year 18 or 19. That way it's like, you don't got a lot of time to think. Come on. We got to send invitations out. We already made this happen for you. Yeah. We got the place booked, so we're having it with or without you guys. The venue's booked out one where you want. We'll just follow it. We'll just pick preempt, like, precog all their uh, all their venue picks. Yeah. <laughs> I'll hang out in the bathtub for that one. <laughs> Minority Report, Tom Cruise. Look at that. What's wrong with that's the precog. Oh, that's right. I'm thinking. I was thinking like a bath, like a bubble bath. No, no. And I I'm, was like, oh, yeah. I'm gonna become omnipresent crime solving robot thing. Mm-hmm. They're not Whoa. robots. Are, are they people? Yeah, it's like uh, we're tangent into minority report, but here we go. Uh, <laughs> it's two twin brothers and then a different girl. They're called like the triplets, even though they're not yeah. all related, but they have like psychic abilities because in this time frame of the world like minor psychic abilities like can exist but these are heightened they're the most and when working together they can predict crimes that may or may not happen not all without spoilers towards the movie god that's so fucking weird yeah uh, god the early 2000s man people just got away with whatever sci-fi shit they wanted yeah and they tried to show like look at all these how cars are gonna look <laughs> they all became like just like almost like a pill every car in the future was like just perfectly like spherical around it. iRobot, Minority Report. Although well, iRobot was like, everyone's going to be driving Audi R8s, and if you're not, you're, you're screwed. <laughs> Audi buys, beats out all of the companies in the automotive industry in the future. They're the only one that survives. When yeah. you have ro- the robot assistant, that's it. Yeah. But speaking Out. of Minority Report, we do have a connection to Artemis Fowl, Fowl within uh, Minority Report. We do? What is the connection? Oh, Colin Farrell. He's forgot because he's in the movie so little. Yeah. That's all right. So, yeah, we both watched Artemis Fowl. It was released on Disney Plus. was supposed to be in theaters. was not. This is one of the the first things I think that Disney has taken from theaters and put on Disney Plus, which they've been adamant about, like, trying to be like, no, this is going to be theaters. This will be theaters. This is Disney Plus. This will be that. Yep. Um, I don't know about this movie to me was... I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts. You've read the book series. I have read the book series. All of them? Or just the, the majority? Um, the ones that were written and published before, like, I was too old to appreciate them. Okay. Okay. So, so I, there's definitely probably, like, one or two towards the back end, which this doesn't even get towards that I missed, mainly because they were just... I, I was probably too old to give a shit, mm-hmm. um, frankly. And I'm not going to go back and read them now. So... Because this um, movie... No, not because of the movie, because the movie does something interesting where it takes the first two books and kind of marries them into mm-hmm. 93 minutes, which, like, they just kind of moved past a lot of things really quickly. Okay, before we go too far into this, brief synopsis of the movie, it follows Artemis Fowl, the second. Boy genius. A boy genius um, whose father, Artemis Fowl, Fowl Senior is Colin kidnapped. Farrell. Colin Farrell, yes. 
who's kidnapped, and then Artemis Fowl Jr. must find uh, what's it called? What's the device? The Aculos. Yeah, it's like yeah, the Aculos. Yeah, the, the yeah the the MacGuffin. He has to find the <laughs> MacGuffin with the save his father. This is the whole movie. Um, I have so many like. You go first. I want you to go first because I think I'm going to probably be more negative. So I'd rather you go first with your positive. So I don't know if this is the effect of I ate a Poke Bowl before I watched this movie. And I think okay. there's a lot of mercury in the tuna maybe. So I thought it was like decent. Um, uh-huh. It's been panned by fucking everyone after I said those words. So mm-hmm. I regret saying them out loud. Um, Ferdia Shaw is like a decent Artemis Fowl. Mm-hmm. Artemis Fowl is supposed to be like a megalomaniac at the age of 12. He's supposed to be like a, like basically a criminal mastermind already. So they kind of portray him as like this, like he's super bright, super smart, but like kind of aw shucks. The books are narrated by Josh Gad's character, Mulchdigums. At least the first one is. Yes. So that like, that kind of tracked a little bit for me, which is cool. Cause I was like, okay. But when you break it down, like because in the books, Arvis Fowl is like a megalomaniac lunatic. And his, he, he mellows throughout the books. It's like a, it's a common theme that like he like starts to admit making mistakes and all these other things. So yep. in this, uh, he's, uh, oh, sorry, yes. up, but real quick, when you say megalomaniac, are you saying he's evil or he's just like overboard is his reactions and most of his actions? No, he's evil. Okay. He's evil. Okay. Just trying to get that. Up. Okay. He's, I mean, it's probably more guided, like more unguided, just like anger. He's, uh, is he, uh, Lawful evil, uh, chaotic evil, neutral evil. What, what are we talking about? I would. Mm, I don't want to say chaotic evil because he's far too calculated in both the book and the movie. So I'd say a neutral evil. Okay. okay. So long. Long story. Try the book in real quick. The book. The first book focuses entirely on him capturing a fairy, Holly yep. Short, and then trying to ransom her back for gold. Good guy. So, Great yeah. hero. Um, like, and if I remember correctly, and I think I read the Wikipedia again yesterday, just refresh myself. But it's a metric ton of twenty-four karat gold is his like request. That's a lot of fucking gold. Uh, a f- that's a fair amount. And then, so that happens, and then it kind of see the thing is like the movie hits certain points, but he doesn't like ransom for gold. He has the Oculus, but he needs to use the fairies to get the Oculus to get his dad back. Like it's but not, whole. But he has a whole. But he does. He needs the fairies to get a dwarf. Okay, so. It's a whole, like, the thing is, like, it tries to make it seem like, the movie tries to make him, Arvisal seem like he's, like, ten steps ahead, but the entire time, the character's actually, like, four steps behind. Yeah, because he doesn't actually know what he's essentially doing. Like, he knows, like, okay, I need this, I need the MacGuffin to save my father, but he doesn't really know, like, what's at play. And And essentially, that is what is leading him to be ahead of everybody because he's like playing a different game than them. They're all like, we need to find this device to keep everyone safe. While he's just like, I need to find this just cause my dad, my dad's missing. I gotta find this. Okay. But so I just, I like it, it, there's certain things that fit. And I was like, it felt like fan service at a certain point. Cause I was like, Oh yeah. Like that. Oh yeah. That happens. But when you compare it to the book, like Nanso and who played Butler, did a mm-hmm. great job, but at the same time, Butler in the book has like not one-liners, but like wisdom type things, and it's like it's just hard to like the he a sense of like wisdom because he's like Artemis's bodyguard kind yeah. of, and they they kind of washed over his backstory too because in the books Butler is like a title, mm-hmm. 
but it well it's a title but it's also like it is he, his last name yeah it had to go through but he's called butler they don't yes his first name does not come up and he's not supposed to tell them his first name until the third book as part of like his bodyguard training yeah and like juliet butler's i guess niece, niece yeah it's supposed to be like his kid sister who also goes through the same bodyguard training that he does it doesn't the whole thing felt like super disjointed from the books and now i'm just bitching because i read the books when i was 10 <laughs> but the it just doesn't the oculus is never in the fucking book regardless like opal coyboy who's like the shadowy figure the entire time was just like yelling into a, a box yeah it's supposed to be like another like lunatic but like a chaotic evil and like an actual person. She's supposed to be like a, like a pixie. She's so, not anything in, in this. She's just a shadowy figure. You have no idea who the character, you just saying the name, honestly, did he, I'm only cause I'm looking at the, the cast list and all yep. the characters. That's the only reason I'm like, Oh, that's who you're talking about. Yeah. Cause they don't really, other than a couple of times saying like, it's Opal. It's like, huh? Who? Who oh, exactly. the, oh the, the the evil voice ooh the, the bad the ooh the bad person that we don't care for okay so have, being someone that has not read any of these books watching this movie I could tell it was flying by tons of information that it was just throwing things at yep. the audience um so the organization that the fairies work for is called Leprechaun yeah um which. Uh, funny play on words ha, ha 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 but they show this movie has a, a problem with the rule of show don't tell where it just tells you everything it doesn't really show you anything you're told so much information about these characters like the character of butler we are told don't call him the butler or he'll he'll break your back because that's not he's not the butler he's butler it's yep. like that's something you should show us. Not to, and it, that never comes up. Like that's you at least think like, oh, they're telling us this now. So then later on, we'll when he someone calls on the butler. Nope, that never gets t- said anything. Our character of Artemis Fowl, we're told tons of like really like look at how smart he is. He's, he was a beat a chess master at eight. He graduated this and this, but then the first like smart thing he does is immediately negated. It's <laughs> when he, it's when he's having his conversation with the therapist, and the, it opens up with the therapist saying like, oh, this chair was from the. Queen of England, 1700s. And then they keep talking, and then he brings up Artemis' father, and then Artemis goes, actually, your chair's from the, the 1890s. It's a, it's a fake. And he goes, I know you're just doing this because you're upset about your father. It's like, okay, so the first smart thing he does and pr- is immediately just like, oh, yeah, that was him acting like a kid and like being like, like okay, cool. I, mean, I thought is- that was Antiques Roadshow real quick. but Yeah. This, this it kept moving, which I'll at least, like... I'll say like good for it. Like it never, it was never going anywhere though. I that's that too. That so I didn't like the. I don't blame the kid, uh, Ferda Shaw. He's playing it. I don't know how old he is in real life, but he's playing a twelve-year-old. I don't blame him for his performance, but I did not care for him at the character at all because I just felt like he was just l- listing his lines to me. I didn't. I never felt like. Oh, this character is real. I'm really invested in him. I just kept being like, okay, uh huh, okay, got it. Yeah, you're just you're getting it's communication. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. The entire thing. Like, all right, Judy Dench. Yeah, didn't have to be in the movie as far as I'm concerned. No, her, her and Josh Gad both had very particular voices. They went for like off-brand Batman voice in this yep. movie, which with having Josh Gad 
character Mulch Diggums narrating for about half the movie was a little like okay, it's it was a it was a weird voice that when he was on when it was him in person or you're watching him talk with the voice, it was like okay. But whenever it was just VO of just like Artemis Fowl was a very impressive young boy. I was like, all right, this is okay, it's too much. It's yeah, yeah. Because I think the problem is with like with Olaf, that voice that's Josh Gad, that's such a more closer, I think, to his natural voice that you kind of go like, no, you're just doing a weird Olaf is trying to go deep or something right now. <laughs> I will say my favorite scene in the movie was Judy Dench and Josh Gad negotiating. Like yep. she's trying to get his character to go in and steal for them. That I thought was the best scene, honestly. And that's like near probably at the end of the second act, but them just going back and forth and their banter. I was like, okay, this is fun. Josh Gad is probably the best thing of this movie, but that's still not saying to me, to me wasn't a lot. Like even some scenes with him, I'm just like, ugh. But every once in a while, he had like a good one-liner that I was like, "All right, okay." Agreed, but at the same time, like, I just not nothing felt like all right. So like, I just I don't I'm gonna just start bitching because the books are so much better. <laughs> yeah, like it's just nothing felt like salt. I had no emotional tie to this movie whatsoever. Coming no. from someone that has an emotional tie to the books, I ended this movie. And I went. Okay, I'll play probably like Ratchet and Clank or something now for a bit. Like, I didn't even think about this movie. I, like, I texted you that I was going to watch it, and I was like, ah, Shane will hate it too. It's fine. Like, <laughs> it just, the, the book, it, like, let me organize my thoughts for a second. The entire thing, even the action scenes, felt such shit. Like, they fight a troll inside the man's house, and it felt like a garbage scene. Yeah, that was, I love that because, like, they try to make the stakes that, like, oh my God, we might. Everyone might fall off the chandelier at some point, but it's like, you're only falling like 10, 15 feet. You can all survive. Like, you'll maybe break your ankles. Yeah, for sure. But like, they made that seem like if you fall off the chandelier, you're you're done for. But I was going to say, because you said like you didn't care at the end of the movie. I think the reason why was because like, you're supposed to care about Colin Farrell, the father. Yeah. But he's in it so little. And they even set up that like Artemis Fowl Jr.'s relationship with his father is distant because he doesn't know what his dad does and he just disappears every once in a while. But like, you're supposed to care about that, but you don't because you don't really even care that much about Artemis Fowl. Like, you don't. I was just, yeah, oh man. Well, I just a funny thing that I laughed about was like the butler was like, your father told me everything except about his journal. It's like, okay, so you know everything, but then multiple times throughout the movie, he's like. I don't know this. Yeah, it's like, but you, but you just said like you knew everything except the journal. That's it. And you're like, (laughs) also, I just, I, I get like he's the bodyguard, but I kept being like, dude, like really, you're taking all these orders from the child. Like, I would have liked at least a scene where he's more like forward, where it's like, oh, okay, you see that he's a good bodyguard, that he knows what he's doing, that he doesn't need the instruction of a child, and also to bring in then another, the only one that can help me with Artemis Fowl is my 12-year-old niece, who's also an expert martial artist, who can beat me sometimes. It's like, okay, well, you just you just showed that you're not that great. Then maybe we should have the other 12-year-old with us. The entire thing, like, it just, yeah. The whole, like, it brought in, like, the fairy he kidnaps. Um, Holly Short. Yeah. Like, she, the the whole, like, she has a dad thing who is helping Colin Farrell, like, try to yep. figure out what was going on, like... But we never see any of that. That's all another thing that's just told, we're told all of that multiple times. 
it, yeah. It's just uh, I, I I will don't say care for it. Mm-hmm. I will say I enjoyed the actress uh who played her Holly short. She, I thought she did really well with it. Like I did her character. I kind of did get invested in at the end when her and Colin Farrell have like a moment where they talk to each other. Yep. Like, I think that was probably the most emotional that I was like resonating with other than that. Like, I don't, I don't want to spoil this movie, but I don't almost care about it. But like, there's a, a character uh, is injured at one point throughout the film. It, it's supposed to get be very emotional. I was not emotional during it. I did not care. I cared more about Holly Short and Artemis Fowl like having a, a conversation than the other more traumatic moment. Yep. No, agreed. Uh, agreed 100%. This. I feel. Here's the thing. The director, Kenneth Branagh, I like him. He's a great actor. He's yep. done a lot of great work. He's directed some decent films. He directed Thor, which. Maybe not the best um, movie or in the cinematic universe, but I still really enjoy it. He did a great job of building that world, which I can probably understand why Disney was like, oh, we'll bring him in for Artists with Foul. He can help build that world. Yep. Like, like actually, there's the scene where they show, like, the underground um, world of the fairies. I, I'll admit, I think this just comes from an age of so much CGI and we were so engulfed by it seeing the magical oh look at where the fairies lived i was just like all right yeah it's just some like sci-fi fairy fantasy city okay maybe that that's probably just also because i'm a <laughs> we are 26 years old and we are reviewing movies that are definitely marketed towards the demographic of the book series 10 year olds um but back to kenneth Branagh. um <laughs> <laughs> back, yeah back again uh he's a good director and like Thor, I enjoy. He did Cinderella, which is pretty good. Murder yep. on the Orient Express is. I fell asleep toler- during that. Yeah, it's tolerable. Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit, even though they kind of didn't get Jack Ryan character correct, I enjoy that movie. And also, he's a great actor. He's going to be in Tenet. Like he's looks like he's the antagonist for that movie. But watching this Artemis Fowl, this feels very much like disney was like we want like here we want to set up a, a movie series you just get it done we needed this 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 i feel like he didn't care about this project that they were just like if you do this then your next project will give you like a million bucks towards it towards it which he more than likely probably did like it yeah just, i just yeah the, a lot this movie is only 95 minutes it, it definitely feels like that like it just keeps moving some of the action scenes to me felt like they actually sped up the footage, but that it wasn't filmed as if it was going to be like fast motion, but instead okay. they're like, okay, now let's just like, uh, let's put it at like one and a quarter speed for this part. It... Makes sense. I just, yeah. It, I don't none know. of it, none of it flows well. No. There's and it also like, all right, so you take the first two movies or the first two books out, Right. The next, I mean, I don't, I don't think they'll be able to make this a series. I think they spent one hundred fifty million dollars, and they're going to get nothing in return. I was going to say, if anything, they might do better. I think putting this on Disney Plus was probably a better financial move. Yeah. Because had theaters been open, I don't think people would have been going to see this because if the reviews still would have been the same, so people would have been putting like, "Yeah, this is bad. Don't go see it," and they wouldn't have made that much. I think this is probably getting far better or not better but far more publicity being on Disney Plus and the people talking about it being able to watch it at, watch it at home than it would have I but 
Correct. If this gets a sequel, it's going to be like three or four years from now, and they'll have to like just completely shift. Yeah, they're going to retcon some stuff, without a doubt. Probably, I wouldn't be shocked if like the only person that continues over would be like Josh Gad and the girl that played Holly Short. Like, if everyone else in the movie was like, they're like, we, this is the only things that people cared about. We're going to move over because Judy Dench in this is so funny in the idea that more like not her character, but like just it being Judy Dench. You'd be like Dame Judy Dench, yeah. critically acclaimed actress, Oscar winning, BAFTA, all these. Oh, and she's playing an a, an eight hundred year old fairy who goes top of the morning. You're like okay. Not that it matters. Like she's also playing the character in the book is is a dude. Ah, so that's, that was just an interesting thing. I didn't like. It uh, doesn't matter to me. It's the first time you're ever seeing it on the screen. Like, I think it. I think her character worked, but at the same time, I was just like, this seems like aggressive. Is wait, but the character in I'm reading that the character still Julius Root. So is Judy Dench playing a man in this movie, or I think is so. Ju- is Julius, or is actually is Julius only a man's name? Can, can I think girl be could, Julius? I probably. Though once again, eight hundred and two years old. 800, 802 years ago, who knows? Julius might have been a girl's name then. Possible. Who, man. We are, oh. <laughs> but yeah, this. The other antagonist. <laughs> like, the. Okay, so this is a problem that really, that honestly did bother me throughout the entire movie. So, our main villain is the faceless Opal. Yep. Who's just a bad voice. The other antagonist we have. Because Judy, even though Judy Dench is like leading the invasion of fairies, she's not even like the bad person. Because her invasion is to get her comrade back. Yep. So her other antagonist is uh, this guy Briar, who's like a higher up. But we meet him, we meet him in a prison cell, and then the bad person Opal yep. says, "I I got your convictions turned over. You now work for me. No one higher up or below you will question. Like will talk about this. They don't." And then he just goes back to work. But it honestly, it bothers me so much that no character in it is like, hey, weren't you just like in, like, no one is like, wasn't this guy like just in jail? Like, didn't we like just throw him away? Like, and it's another telling us and not showing us anything. We're just being told like, hey, you remember, he, you, you did this crime and now I just couldn't. And he just pops up every once in a while and just is a dick. That's all he is, is just. So part of that is from book one and part mm-hmm. of it is from book two. So book one, he does fuck up the invasion. Yep. But then in book two, Opal goes to him in jail because he fucked it up mm-hmm. so bad with the troll mm-hmm. and says, come work with me now. And that's an so entirely they different thing. They're just, they took the two books, smushed them together, the layer of like fluff in between and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. They also did that backwards too. So that, it makes no sense. Like, so if anything, what he did in this movie is what's supposed to put him in jail, but we meet him in jail. For... Okay. So that's even worse. That's why you don't. Ugh. I just want to find out that both movies were shot and cut. And then someone was like, no, let's just combine them. Well, there is it would make like, sense. There's a fair amount. Of, like if you watch the original trailer for this, a lot of stuff in the trailer is not in the movie. Yep. So a fair amount of it is just like CGI and like essentially like B-roll. So it could have easily just been like filmed for like, or this is just for the trailer. Cause sometimes movie studios or directors would be like, I just want to film this for trailers that like um, rogue one, like the director whose name I can't think of right now. He said like a lot of the stuff in the trailer, he's like, Oh, that was us just like having fun. Like one day, like, like, he, he calls it, like, Indie Hour, where he, like, lets everyone, like, do whatever they want for an hour. Interesting. 
and like so he'll like let lighting crews like do different experimental lighting and then let the actors do whatever they want for a quick take and he's like i'll use that in trailers because he's like it's so different and usually can set it show a different tone than what the actual film will be which he's like he's like but then people show up at your movie and go this isn't anything like the trailer (laughs) it's like i know it's intentional but yeah this i i uh, the only way i think this will continue as a a series of movies is it will have to definitely stay Disney Plus. Yep. Um, maybe if they tried to pivot into like a series, like if they went to everyone that working on it was like, we're going to make, we're going to like shoot two movies, but make it like a 10 episode series. Like maybe that's the best way you could do this. Cause there's so much that you're trying to throw at us, the audience. Cause it's, this is also like a very sub, a very specific subset of like fantasy. It's Irish lore yep of like leprechauns fairies tro- it's not just like everything ever so like that just alone is like oh okay fair and it's just trying to grasp the whole idea. like fairies are police got it okay fairies are police and there's only one centaur in this entire world oh god that, that, that's like even the harder part because like the centaur plays a bigger role throughout the entire thing foley, foley. oh my god they I only know his name because every other sen- sentence was Foley, shut up. Oh, Foley, do this. Foley. And, like, I just, the, like, even the visual effects of the underground city, like, I, they, they don't match up imagination, obviously, but, like, mm-hmm. even still, given that, too, you're just like, this, there's an, uh, so in the books, there's like an underground sun, I'm pretty sure. And, like, in the movie, it was just looks so dark and dingy. Everything yeah. looks wet. I don't know why, but everything looked wet. Well, I think. That was because, like, I, I did notice everything looking wet thing. One, that it helps with visual effects to have, like, put water so you can everything to look shinier. But I think, like, they enter through, like, almost a water shield portal at one point. I think uh, that was, yeah. like, I saw that, but, yeah. I think, I think that just comes from seeing so many movies where it's, like, look at this, this wonderful fantasy land where they shoot the helicopter shots going through in and out of everything. Then, like, now when you see any world, you're just, like, Okay, cool. Oh, that's probably the downtown district. Yep. Oh, okay, this. Oh, this is the seaport area. Like, like almost like I think even like the last movie that really tried to sell you on it, like like Black Panther, and like even then I'm like, oh, this looks really cool, but I'm just like, all right, well, I know it's not like a real city. Like, it's just another. It's like another fantasy world, a very nice fantasy world with cool vibranium everywhere. Yeah, but it's like a legitimate. It looks like a world. This was like here's a quick pan over shot, and then yeah. I, I wanted there. I so like I like was really anti this movie, and I'm still. Were, yeah, I know. And the listeners should know as well. Um, from my earlier, rant. you went to you went to rallies, man. But you organized two of them. I was alone for both of them. Um, I was busy. Yeah, it's just it, busy during a pandemic. Um, it just it just doesn't. It didn't obviously like. All right, so some things we'll say like our fan service. Like some things are just fan service for sequels stuff like that. Can you tell me, because as someone that didn't read anything, what was like a very fan servicey moment? Okay, so two fan servicey moments. One, uh, Josh Gad's character unhinging his jaw. Yep, that's uh, that was all, we haven't even talked about that. That's like an entire thing throughout the books. Is that like dwarves can unhinge their jaw and just consume dirt, and then literally, I think it's in the book. They say expel. They just mean shit it mm. out. So he's yeah. like a human tube. Um, we won't expand on that thought more. Oh, can I real quick? Yeah. I, I want to expand <laughs> upon that. So, like, they kind of allude up into that point that dwarves eat dirt. Yeah. I had no problem with that. Like, the the whole, I was wholeheartedly accepting, like, oh, dwarves dig by eating dirt. Got it. Like, 
I was like, I couldn't, but it wasn't until he unhinged his jaw, which even then I was like, okay, I'm still kind of, okay, yeah, they eat the dirt, got it, okay, sure, but it wasn't when he expels it, when he shits it out immediately, that's when I was like, okay, no, you, like, I kind of liked Josh Gad's character, I kind of liked Mulch, just a little bit, that really took, that, uh, and that's, like, near the the very end of the movie, Yep, like, pretty much, and I was like, <sighs> that's when I was like, let's just finish this now, that's kind of when I gave up. It hurts, doesn't it, right? It's weird. Also, the the final fight is with the troll who we fought earlier. That's no fun. Oh, he's t- he's two times stronger and ten times madder. How do you how do you measure madness exactly? How do you how did you communicate with this troll before you experimented on him to get his mad scale? And then how did you communicate with him afterwards to be like he's ten times madder, guys? But also poor ratios of he's only two times stronger that, well he wasn't even that strong honestly like come on you you are you guys at r&d at leprechaun better work on that it just yeah it's all right so it's the book it's it's that right and then it's also mm-hmm. the uh what else is it? um oh the the beard hair thing with the lock Yep. So the whole thing is like basically throughout the books, it's like Mulch can like pluck a single beard hair off and like it'll mm-hmm. shift like a lock so you can use it as a key or a lock pick. Mm-hmm. The fact that his whole face attacked the fucking safe yep. was like super annoying, but that's whatever. It's fine. Is he? Is that something all dwarves can do or is that like something he can do? No, I think it's all dwarves. Basically the entire okay. thing is like this is like all dwarves can do this. I think the problem also, at least for in the film for me, was that was like another thing that I like, just like oh the safe is gonna be difficult uh, nope i can use my beard hair it's like what you haven't moved them once before this and we oh okay you have magical beard hair got it cool no one's mentioned like i i just accepted you can unhinge your jaw and poop out dirt yeah. very fat yeah it was i don't this is yeah <laughs> i don't oh. i don't know what else to think it's just there's so many things where, like, if you read the book, you probably hated this movie. If you didn't read the book, you realize that this movie's basically just garbage. Yeah, it wasn't. It was just whatever. I didn't care for Artemis Fowl, the kid. I wasn't sucked into him. But he did not seem like a cool kid at any point in the movie. Did I, like, at least go, oh, yeah. Like, they even show him surf, surfing and skateboarding. And I was like, no. Yeah. Eh. And just when he's trying, I think when he's trying to be like cool and confident, like I know what the the kid and what they wanted him to be, like what they're trying to like have him, like I think if you had like just like Bradley Cooper, like Bradley Cooper, all these lines he could have delivered them how they wanted it because he's old enough to like have experience and no emotion. This kid was just so like trying to be cheeky with like the the fairy like yep. well I've got you where I want you it's like mm. <laughs> do you, uh, do you well, well not even that but it's just like come on man like I felt like they probably were like rushing they're like can we do hey should we do another take no the lighting's as good as we'll get like you didn't even care, they didn't even care about like the act like nah the sun's where I want it so we're good it's just the whole thing it bothers me to no end and it could have been great this movie should have been like it should have set off like so this movie's also in in production or in like production hell since I don't know I want early two thousands yeah so it's been like around since like the books were getting popular in the U S and like a lot of people were reading it 
And now we're back to square one. As far as I'm concerned, we're back to square one. What about concerned? Are you you concerned? I'm concerned. I'm not concerned yet. I'll be concerned if they decide to make a sequel with the exact same cast. Yeah. I think the problem is it it didn't feel like... When you look at something like Harry Potter, like from the very beginning, you can see the attention, the detail, the love for the story. Yep. This didn't feel like... Also, can I just say... At the end of the movie, Artemis Fowl, he goes, "I'm a criminal mastermind." No, what? What crime? At that during that point of the movie, oh, he commits no end, crimes. Yeah, there are no. He's not a criminal master. Uh, if had he said he was like a genius or just mastermind, maybe I would. But I'm like, you didn't commit like what cri- other? You didn't really. Yeah, you didn't commit a crime. You gave back the thing to the fairies to keep safe. Like you. No, you're not a criminal mastermind, child. And also, then we're supposed we watch him slow motion walk, the camera shades in a suit. I'm like, you're just a 12 year old kid. That's yep. not. I you, it looks more like your mom was like, hey, honey, walk. The, I'm taking a video to send to your aunt. I'm sending your aunt a video. Of you and your 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 new suit here, honey. Do a little walk. Oh my god. Oh, this is great. Yep. This is great. Yeah. It's just it, it's there's so many things. Mm-hmm. Also, it ends. So it ends. Okay, so Mulch narrates the entire thing from like an interrogation cell, and he's he's rescued at the very end by Artemis Fowl Jr. Butler and Artemis Fowl Senior in a helicopter. There's a helicopter pilot. There's a there's a pilot in there. They never address him, and the whole movie's about no, why how, would they? No, but here's the thing: the whole movie's about how like the world can't know about like dwarves and fairies and all these things. There's just who's this pilot who is just involved now who just knows who just they're like oh he 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 can know, but and also why is Artemis like the co-pilot? Why isn't his his dad's being a douche sitting in the back like no son you you fly us you be the co-pilot not Butler who's supposed to be like cool and can do tons of stuff no you and this other pilot I hated it so I hated that so uh. I don't blame you this it literally I just. I don't want to know. I just I feel bad that Disney paid for this, but at the same time, like I think they deserved it. Yes, this is what they get for not doing well on original IPs of only being like, what, what, uh, what can we make a movie out of? For every original IP that works, Disney must fail with a branded ID IP. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Percy Jackson will get its revival soon. Don't worry. I hope not. <sighs> But it already is. Is it? Yeah, like I think they're working on either a, a series or another movie, but like not the same cast. It's like a it's a reboot. That's the thing too. Like I don't understand the need. Like and this is just on a whole. Like let's make reboots. Let's not let's just not keep pulling original IPs. Like let's. It's it's for money because it, it's easy. It's more people, as much as, depending on whatever they do with this, the Percy Jackson like. Who knows if I will really go and see it, but I'm more likely to go see that than if they were to be like, oh, here's an original idea about this like boy whose dad is um, uh, Zeus, not Poseidon. It's Zeus. Oh, I don't care. Yeah. No, I, I, I see what you're saying. Makes sense. But I do love me my Percy Jackson. That's my favorite film series. It goes Percy Jackson, Baby Geniuses, Godfather, and Lord of the Rings. I'm glad Baby Geniuses is up there. It's a great series. 
Um, so, I mean, how, is there anything else? Uh, oh, you go first. Just, uh, like one, like how do you sit in the like cutting room or even the like the final editing bay and you're like, this is good, this is sufficient, yeah. this is a sufficient film. America, like people no, should didn't. watch this. They didn't. This was definitely Disney 100. percent This is, and this isn't like I, I'm trying to be anti Disney. This is just maybe like the studio came in and was like. We want it this way because probably like they shot a bunch of stuff, and, and like I'm reading some of the stuff. There's deleted scenes. The person that played Opal was supposed to be in the movie. Like you're supposed to see Opal. Yeah. Like they cut, and when you watch the trailer, there's plenty of stuff that maybe would wasn't just trailer stuff was actual footage. This is definitely cut, and then like they didn't know what to do with it, and that's why they're like, well, what if we put it on Disney Plus, make it an hour and a half something easy or more so they're probably cut it originally to an hour and a half that way you can that's more screening time in theaters so that yeah. way even though like it might not get great reviews parents are going to take their kids because it's just like oh it's a fun oh it's a kid movie like it's yeah it might not be doing well but it's not bad like kids can see it because it's got josh gad eating dirt and pooping it out parents can go look olaf's a, a, a tall dwarf now <laughs> I just, yeah. No, I mean, I agree with you. I, th- I think it, they tried to have some commercial appeal to it, but it's just, yeah. No, I'm good. I'm, I'm good on this movie. I'm good on, I'm good on it. And maybe I'll watch it again at some point, but if I do. This is a good drinking movie. I forget what, I was watching some review online and someone said, um, every time they say the Aculos, which is the MacGuffin, they're like, you should take a shot. Like that should be something you do with your friends because they're like you, they say it enough, and it will be a problem by the end of the night, but it'll be worth it. I all right, well, let's do it the next the next time we're <laughs> together after quarantine. We spend ninety minutes blacking out, and then we'll go. To the no, bars. let's do it separately though. <laughs> I'm just gonna do it every night by myself. Oh, I do the actors. Um, I give this movie, I give it uh, one, I give it one Colin Farrell shooting out of a week. He only showed up one day of the. He was supposed to do it for seven days. He's like, I'll show up for a day. All right, and that's that's had one out of seven. I'll give it. I'll give it one failed 3D render on the mm-hmm. on the troll render farm. Mm-hmm. Out of I mean, like out of rendering a whole troll, I guess. I give it. I give it two Josh Gads giving his all, <laughs> out of. Out of six. Out of six possible gads. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, he really, Josh Gad really was the only thing in the movie that I, like, enjoyed. I, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. One, maybe I'll give it, I give it 2.5. I give him 2.5. One quick question I have. Yeah. Did they ever say that they were going to kill Artemis Fowler Sr.? Or was that just implied? Like, that was the one thing that they did but never said? I think, uh, it definitely was implied because like, but for everything else, there was like, we're going to kill him. Like we're going to, we're going to break into this house. Like, yeah, I don't know. There's so many. I don't, he's also like, even though we're close. No, I don't want to go into this anymore. I don't want to open up another conundrum with this movie. Uh, I give this, I give it one, uh, leprechaun agent. Out of five, I'll give it one one centaur out of I assume a population of millions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just one centaur. The entire place, only one. 
That's the same. Um, what's uh, the movie? Uh, was it Bright? Yeah, the Netflix movie with Will Smith. And we're like, do you remember, did you see that one? I did not see that one. It's it's decent. It has its own problem, but like that's like, oh, what if fairy tales were in real life? Yep. There's only one centaur in that movie as well. You only see one centaur cop the entire movie. It's just like, why is what's with movies being like, oh, just throw in a centaur so people know can allude that there's other beings. Of course. <laughs> it's just like, oh, we didn't have enough time for that day to have multiple centaurs. We only had one pair of stilts. I'll give it one boy genius out of all the private schools in Ireland. Yeah, a very nice. Both. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> damn it. Um, the therapist's office has clean windows in to watch the sessions. Maybe it's soundproof, but you can clearly see people having their sessions. That's a horrible therapist's office. Oh, it's people, terrible. If you were in the waiting room, it's like, you can't open up. You're like, don't worry, they're not watching us. It's like, yeah, they are. Like, they like not... fuck they are. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, What else? So, there's just so many fucking things. Really nice house, though. The, the house gorgeous home. Truly gorgeous home. That, I will say that was like Josh Gad and the set design of the house were the two things. I'm like, oh, man, this is great. Uh, yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm literally capping it there. I'll give it maybe one, like one pair of mirrored sunglasses out of mm-hmm. an entire sunglasses hut. At the end of the movie, the sunglasses he wears aren't even mirrored. That was another thing that bothered me. The whole fucking thing. Oh, my God. It just became, oh, he just needs sunglasses on. He they don't need to be married. No, he's going to yeah. try to look cool with his skinny tie. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I give it... I give it one secret basement out of eight. I give it one Kit Kat bar that I'll have to give a kid dressed as Artemis Fowl this Halloween. <laughs> don't call next. Go, Blues Brother? Are you Blues Brother without a hat? Uh. Yeah, no, I'm I'm done with this. I yeah, no, fuck this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, fuck this movie. Disney has no more magic. Disney is over. Uh, Marvel movies will be bad now. Um, Star Wars will never get better. Um, yeah, canceling my Disney Plus subscription. Wow, that's all it took. That's what it took. Artemis Fowl. That's good. Yep. I just I don't get it. I don't. I simply don't get it. Just like I don't get Letter Kenny, which I just started watching. Oh yeah, Letter Kenny. Uh, I haven't watched all of Letter Kenny, but I was trying to work out like uh, Letter Kenny. The formula is just like, well, I'm not going to tell you a story right now about two of these people that you don't know much about. But these two people were hanging out. Those two people were hanging out. They were hanging out. Those two people and those two people they were having an individual conundrum that you're going through right now. It's just that a lot. It's just scenes of one person doing a long spiel with people going, and they have this, and they have that, and budding. Yeah. I like it. Agreed, because I watched an entire cold open bit where they went through the entire alphabet, alliteration style of insults. Mm -hmm. It was great. No, it's great. The fact that there are eight seasons and it came out like two years ago, though, terrifying. Uh, I think 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 it came out a while ago, but like two years ago, Hulu got the rights, so they had like four seasons like Like that. Okay. Yeah. Because I know it's because like the Old the, the first episodes cold open where the two oh, I can't think of their names right now the hockey guys um, when they like drop show up like that's been around for so long I want to say this show originally aired in 1968 and it wasn't until Hulu picked up the first four seasons that they like started production on the rest wait you say 1968 don't quote me on that but that's what I think 68 
I did not stutter. It started in 2016. That's what it. That's where the the show takes place. Yes, in 2016. That's it. They should. They were decades ahead of their time in what they thought like the future was going to be in 1968. Don't quote me on this. Uh huh. Sure. Sure. Not quoting you. Just letting all of our listeners know that Shane thinks Letter Kenny came out in 1968. These are my feelings. These are my beliefs. Um, as an American citizen, I'm allowed to have these feelings and beliefs, and you're supposed to respect them. I do. Until you're wrong. You know what? I give Artemis Fowl Kenneth Branagh rubbing his uh, bridge of his nose uh, three out of nine times. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Him doing that? Yeah. Just like, ugh. I give Ernest Fowl two post-it notes from executives going, can you make it better out of two? I give it like six FX teams walking off the job out of a possible seven. <laughs> I was going to say out of six. Oh, and, yeah. then there was just, and then Kenneth Brano was like, okay, I'll do the visual effects. Well, the, the Oculus had to, be, had to be done somehow. So there had to be one team sitting there just making an acorn. I know it was an eight. Yeah, that was the other thing that it looks like an acorn. It was like, oh wow, oh how magical it's an acorn. Oh my god, we're we're done with it. No, we're done with it. Yeah, we're, we're done. Going. We're done. Right. I think that's all for us this evening. It is. You can find us in lots of places. You can find us online at the Shane and Scuba Steve Show dot com. You can find us Instagram at the Shane and Scuba Steve Show. Oh, Instagram. You can find us Instagram. That's where you can find us. You okay. can find us. Instagram. Um, yeah, wait. Are you, do you not Instagram? I, I'm not on the Instagram, no. I'm on Instagram. Oh, okay. Well, I have an Instagram account. You can catch me in there. I'll find um, you on Instagram then. Yeah. Oh, no, it's really good, man. I post all my pics of my gram. Nah. Should I even ask if you're going to write a review of this movie? Nah, because it'll just be like like six paragraphs of uh, it'll be it'll be you know how some people can type up like a picture where you use just like the tilde and like commas and you like make a digital portrait on like word document you know what i'm talking about yeah i'm gonna do that but it'll be of a person like rubbing their eyes just like (laughs) uh, all right yeah no sounds good all right good night everyone good night